Hey, you guys, just want to let you know we have an amazing show called The Game Changer Show each and every single Wednesday at 6 p.m. GMT, where we interview uh, entrepreneurs, athletes alike. Uh, it gives people uh, an, op- an opportunity to listen to people's story, how they made some, how they've kind of uh, really turned their business around. Uh, it's fun. It's thought provoking. It's an opportunity to ask questions uh, and it's interactive. So if you want to come uh, and hang out with some cool people, uh, 6 p.m., please go to uh, youtube.com forward slash sleeve forward slash Adam Strong. Uh, subscribe and click on the bell and we'll see you there on Wednesday at 6 p.m. GMT. Cheers. Take care. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we have a special show with Mr. Chris Cooper, everyone. Now, who is Chris? Chris has 30 years experience in the corporate field, more specifically, has worked with brands such as Mars, he's worked with uh, United Biscuits, he's worked with Punch. And he's actually transitioned into the entrepreneurial world and supporting entrepreneurs in doing uh, running their business. He's also uh, the founder of a, a business show on Voice America, and he founded a, a business, the business show in t- 2011, I believe. He's a coach, advisor, consultant. He's also the co-author of a book called The, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it The Power to Get Things Done. If I'm not mistaken, I hope I said that correctly. Yeah, but, uh, that's that's the one. There it is. See, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, good to meet you, Adam. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Oh, good. So, listen, really fascinating to hear our conversations today. But listen, I know that you you started off in corporate life. You know, you kind of uh, started off in corporate life, went up the, the the corporate ladder, senior management, but now transitioned into helping entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurs and growing their brands, which is really kind of fascinating. But I suppose my first question is, is what did you learn from corporate life and how have you applied that in becoming an entrepreneur yourself? Yeah, I think, I think one of the, it's a good question. I think one of the key kind of reflections that I had was that I, I realized when I was in corporate life that I, I went through the kind of corporate ladder and I worked in sales and marketing, training, HR, logistics, all sorts of different functions and ran uh, international teams and divisions. And I, I, I loved all of that stuff. But what I thought was really fascinating was when I, I had a bit of a bridge in that I set up a company with some partners and we grew that very quickly. And it was a, a procurement consultancy. And I, after a few years, I sold my share to focus on my passion, which was people. And I think probably the, the number one insight, if I look back on it, uh, was about a couple of years into my business. I did quite well the first two years. And then the third year, I had a couple of great clients' um, projects I was about to run. I had all my eggs in these two baskets. And suddenly, for reasons beyond my control, the, both the work was, uh, was cancelled. Oh, wow. And I ended up with nothing. And, and what I realised was I'd left the corporate world because I got fed up, a bit fed up with line managers, appraisals, board meetings... <laughs> Finger pointing if you hadn't done what you'd, you'd done, the politics, all of those sorts of things. 
And then what it suddenly dawned on me in those moments when actually I had nothing was that all those things had been my friends. And in reality, they had held up my performance and they'd locked me into a system that meant I had to perform. And in fact, they weren't my enemies, they're actually my friends. So I think probably a, a big insight was actually, I needed to put some of that back into my business in order to be successful once again. Interesting, really interesting. Did you, because I know that you, 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 you said that you did marketing, you did sales. Was there any particular aspect of corporate life that you really enjoyed? Yeah, I think, I think the, I really enjoyed my time. I enjoyed my time in sales at Mars. Um, I just suddenly had the, the, the freedom to um, get out of the office and visit lots of people. And, uh, and I, I particularly realized that I was very strong. I mean, I, I, in, in terms of connecting and engaging with people. And I loved that as part of the role. And it was a real surprise to me because I'd been made redundant when I, uh, a year before I, well, before I joined Mars. And so I did, and I did, on all, I've been on the dole <laughs> and, uh, and I had to find a job. And, but a year later, I'd won a sales award and I was in Florida in 1994 at the World Cup, having won this big sales award. And, and I couldn't believe it. You know, my life sort of changed. So I loved that being with people. And it had been my ability to spend time with people and engage with them, not necessarily with anything in it for me, which actually led to me working I was a big account that I was working on and a big leisure group of uh, had vending machines and things through lots of leisure centers in the Midlands yeah. and uh, I they were locked into a five-year deal with someone else and I remember that I spent a lot I spent time with them still I still went to see this guy I developed a relationship with him and then one day I was about two hours sorry two miles away from Newcastle I was going up to a, a an event a Mars event with my my boss and I got a call to say, if you can get down to the south of Birmingham in the next two and a half hours, you're going to land the biggest deal that you've ever landed in your life. And uh, what happened was I got back um, about just after two and a half hours. The cabbage rep was sitting in there with this particular contact. And my, my heart sank. And then I'll never forget him walking out after about 15 minutes. And he said to this cabbage rep, he said, um, let me introduce you to the guy from Mars. You could learn a, a few things from him. And I went in and, and basically what he said was, you, it was nothing that you could gain really from helping me, but you kept on coming to see me. You kept on helping me. So I was good at that. And then I ended up running large divisions and things, um, ultimately big procurement teams. Uh, um, and I loved having teams of people in France, Belgium, Holland, Spain, Finland, Poland. I love going out to those countries and the cultures. And, and so what came on in later life after I left the procurement consultancy was a realization that I loved being around people and I wanted to spend the rest of my life helping people to elevate their performance and to, re well, to realize more of their potential really and live happier, more fulfilled life, I think. Um, Very cool. Very good. Now I know that yeah. back in, I know that you've been running your business for quite some time now um, and then you got into, you, you created a radio show called Voice America. I mean, what got, why radio? I mean, what, what, how did you come up with that idea, just out of curiosity? Well, so the, the radio show is uh, Voice America's The Network. Um, my show's called The Business Elevation Show. And where it came from was that at the, the, I remember at the age of 28, I, I, I'd been on a program called Landmark, which kind of changed my life, actually. Uh, I, and I wrote down, a series, I took a piece of paper. I was living in London. I was broke. 
I split up. My girlfriend had um, I split up with. She was uh, found someone else more interesting, and, and I was a little bit of a low point. And I and I'll never forget that. I took a piece of paper and I just sat down and I decided to write what life would be like when I was forty. And I thought, you know, I can write down anything because I'm never going to be that old. And uh, so I, I wrote down, you know, I wrote down I have financial freedom, my own business, a lovely wife, brackets, who doesn't cheat on me, a little, a, a young child, a child, um, children. Uh, I wanted to be able to play the rock guitar and be able to blow my friends away. And, I, and uh, I wanted a dog called Barney and various, I wanted this beautiful white home in the country. And incredibly, when I got to 40, I, um, I stood outside this white home in the country with my wife, having just sold my share of my business, with my first child, and the only thing, and I played the electric guitar, and the only thing that didn't arrive was the, the dog. It wasn't there because because he arrived three weeks later. Um, so I had I started to start from again with another white pa- piece of paper, thinking, what what could I do? And one of the things I wrote down was I wanted to add value to over a million people beyond my client base. I wanted to I felt fortunate. I wanted to be able to give back. And I'd been running some groups for entrepreneurs, called the, one called the Achiever Program. And I'd been bringing these people together and I'd been interviewing people, little like we're doing now, and putting some of those on my website. And Voice America contacted me and said, how about doing a radio show with us? Which sounded really flattering. And then I found out I had to pay them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it wasn't quite so flattering, but I did it and I, and I loved it. And uh, I paid them a small fee for all their support and technical things, et cetera. But I've been doing it since September 2011 now, and I'm addicted to it. Can't stop. Very good. Love it. And now I know that you've probably, you've interviewed hundreds, if not thousands of people in in that for the last, over the last 10 years. Was there any particular interview that really stood out for you? And what did you learn from it? Oh, crikey. I I think... There's been a few. I mean, there was one that amused me um, at, right at the very beginning. And I suppose it's about fear, really, uh, and, and being, uh, being, being, um, being confident and overcoming fear. And I remember I was interviewing Jack Canfield. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. do you know Jack? I know awesome. Jack. Chicken soup for the soul. And, uh, good friends, Jack. He's a good, he's a good man, isn't he? He is a good and, man. And I, he actually featured on the summit last year, so... Uh... Uh, yeah, top top guy, and uh, met a couple of his students as well. Really nice guy. Yeah, and I remember with Jack being, I got to a point, you know, after after you've done a few of these, you sort of lose your nerves, don't you? But actually, I was a bit nervous because I'd I'd read a lot of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, and and I write it before we started the interview. I said to him, "So Jack, I've got to be honest with you, I'm just a little bit a little bit nervous." And I said, "I'm not normally nervous, but I think it's, I think it's you, you know, all these amazing books you've written and." And he said, gee, Chris, he said, don't, don't worry about it at all. He said, I feel, I feel like that myself sometimes. And uh, I said, when? And he said, when I'm talking to Obama. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that sort of stuck out. And I think uh, I enjoyed the interview with him. And I think, uh, you know, you've got to realise everybody sometimes is uh, nervous. You've just got to get on and get on and do it. And he wrote, he wrote very kindly about the, the cover comment to my book and another one I've loved is Dr. Ivan Meisner of BNI he's he's yes. great and been very generous with me and wrote the the uh the introduction to my book which was lovely and then there's just done all sorts of uh sporting people and uh, I loved interviewing the saxophone player from Dire Straits and understanding <laughs> what, it, what it was like to stand on Live Aid on a stage with three billion people watching that was particularly that was particularly fun, fun. yeah 
Now, I know that um, working from home is now the new normal for most people, but I kind of wanted to tap into your, I suppose, leadership and because you 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 have a, a great um skill set in the world of leadership and engagement in particular i wanted to tap into do you think that many companies have really struggled with the whole kind of engagement you know especially working in the digital space and working from home and leadership any any tips for people that are really struggling in terms of business leaders as well yeah yeah i, I think I, i've got a number of clients who i've worked with obviously during the COVID period and you know, had to help them really to, to, to realize that actually you can do things well online and, and, and you can engage with, with people online. Uh, and if you've got a barrier in your mindset that actually you can't do it, uh, then, you'll, then you'll fail. So I think what you have to do is I think there's, you have to embrace the technology and and realize and also you've got to embrace the phone and, and, and pick it up and talk to people right. um so but the, the but the likes of zoom etc you know have, have been a, a godsend really and uh, you know without them we would have been, we wouldn't have been able to continue operating effectively but we've done that and a lot of people have, uh, have loved working from home and some people haven't and it partly depends upon the environment you've got at home i think uh, and, and your nature of your person, if you're very, if you're somebody who's very extroverted and, and loves being around people, you probably miss people. If you're more um, quiet and introverted and less um, engaged or enjoy being around lots of people, actually being at home is really quite nice. Um, so I think what you have to do is be mindful of those people who really need that time, spend time with people and don't just ask them about the numbers. Don't just call them up and say, how, you know, how, are you, how are you performing? Just find out what's really going on for them, what's underneath What's underneath the uh, the iceberg? Not just the tip of the iceberg. Find out what what first. You know, how are you? You know, how's life? How's your families? You know, many of us have have lost people. Many of us have been impacted by COVID in many many ways. Or, or as I've found with some people, you know, a few few decisions they've made in the past combined with COVID being as 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 added to this kind of mental health challenges really. Right. So, I, so I think the first thing is you you connect with people, you make sure you're doing it regularly, you find out what's really going on with them, you show that you care. care. And then the other thing is you utilize technology well, you use breakout rooms, you use uh, whiteboards, you embrace the best of that technology and you get good at it, whether you like doing it or not. I agree. I, mean, I, I think it's some good points, but you know, all of this basic, because it is really simple business advice for leaders, right? I'd just be amazed how many people actually don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's really, really yeah. crazy. I was going to say, I know that you also do a lot of stuff with entrepreneurs in finding people's clarity. Now, if someone is really struggling with their clarity, because I know you're just in conversations that I've had with a lot of business leaders and entrepreneurs, is that clarity is a real sticking point for a lot of people right now, you know, even though this kind of, you know, pandemic thing is, you know, still around for even after one year, people are still finding that, they're still struggling to find that clarity. What's the, what do you do when uh, when a client who really struggles for clarity, what 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 do you do in terms of advise them? Where do they need to start? Yeah, I think think the first thing is, is I run a session with them around uh, discovering your purpose. So if, if people can't articulate their purpose in two sentences, their purpose in life and why they're here, then they need a bit of help. And I, and I, I do run a session 
you know, I will guarantee that we'll have clarity within three hours. Yeah. And um, I give them that clarity. So a couple of weeks ago, um, I did one of these sessions with um, a fabulous guy, didn't have the clarity. We, we clarified his, his statement. I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying that one of his elements of it was that he was help, he helps other people to discover and deliver their goals. Yeah. So after that session, he went, he went to his team and he sat down with everybody to find out what their goals were. And as a consequence of that, there's a project now called Project Panda, because one of them wants to go to China. And he reckoned it was the first week that they'd ever had in there that he, he was aware of in the, and they've got a long, long history where everybody brought in new business because it's so, it's so energized. I mean, he'd been himself. So what we do is um, we, we, you know, we do, do understand that piece, but also then have a look about how that relates to the business purpose. And, and so I do work where we clarify the business purpose, the values, uh, the, the mission. And uh, once all of those pieces are clear, uh, that's really, really helpful. A lovely little, if, you, if you're wondering, it's a lovely little exercise that I've personally have found very helpful um, was recommended to me by one of my show guests called Michael Romling. And Michael suggested to me that I wrote a letter dated a year in the future. And I wrote, described what, why the last year had been such a great year and, and send that to, to one or two people confidentially. So I have my letter here. Which is, there, which is there, I laminated it. Love it. And uh, I, I wrote down what, uh, what, the, what the year would look like. And then it enabled me then to go and have a, a, to tease out of that letter, what are my intentions for the year? You could do that over five years, you could do it over 10. Um, but to actually write it as though it's happened, it starts to program your mind. So I think that's a good, good exercise, but clarity is really important. Yeah, I agree 100%. Interesting, we were talking about intentions, but I also know you're a keen adventure racer. And I remember, <laughs> I remember, I don't know if I told you this, but this was about, must've been about three years ago, actually. I remember doing my, I, I remember when uh, I really wanted to take things to the next level in terms of like, you know, pushing my body and stuff like that, right? And everyone was kind of asking me, hey, so why don't you do a triathlon? And, and, and I was just like, I just wasn't enthusiastic by the whole kind of triathlon thing because I'm not the strongest swimmer in the world. And, you know, it was just, it just didn't, it wasn't very appealing. And then I came across adventure racing, which is obviously, as we know, it's, it, it's a bit different because it's kayak instead of swimming, it's trail running instead of normal road running. And then it's, you know, mountain biking instead of, you know, road biking, which I find you know, it's just, it's just crazy. But how is your experience being an adventure racer and how have you applied the principles of the intention to your business? Right, right. Well, um, well let, let's just get this clear. Look, you're, you're a, a super elite athlete. Um, I'm not a super elite athlete. In fact, my, my adventure racing, was, was my wife described it as a midlife crisis. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to um, pretend I'm something that I'm not. I mean, I did a couple of marathons in my, my younger, younger days. I, I met a guy called David Fox Pitt, who who puts on the most amazing extreme events in Scotland. We became friends and my wife and I and kids went to stay with him on the side of Loch Tay. And one day, David with his, um, his best mate, Bear Grylls, and uh, another best mate called Neil Lawton, who's a, an adventurer and introduced him to me in the first place. They looked out of his house and thought, what an amazing place 
for an adventure race. So they have um, beautiful Locte, which is, you know, 18 miles long, something like that. Seven gorgeous Monroes at the other side of the lock. So he created this event, which was a mile swim across Locte at dawn. It was um, a 15 mile run, which I'm sure you do before breakfast, but you did have to go over seven Monroes during the 15 miles, then a, a seven mile kayak and a 36 mile hilly bike ride in a, in a day. So Scotland's d- d- described as Scotland's toughest one day endurance event. And so, so we went, my dad was, di- was ill with pancreatic cancer and we knew we were going to lose him. Um, and I had interviewed amazing people who've achieved amazing things like you, Adam. And I thought it's time I did something. Um, so I got this, this little, you know, get this little seat in your head, this little um, thing that won't go away. And I started to get the feeling that I needed to do it. So my, around intentions, I, you know, I, I could only swim um, about half a length of front crawl. Oh, wow. So I got to get a mile over the lock. You know, I could run okay, yeah. um, even, but not over mountains. And I could cycle well. Um, I'd not kayak for years. So that's where I, I was with it. Um, so in, I had nine months to do it. And the, the, I suppose what I did around intentions, because you know, I, I wrote, co-wrote a book about this, um, is I decided that I had to take them very, first you've got to take them very seriously. Um, get very clear about what your intentions are and take them seriously. So what I did was I, I advertised for somebody to be my buddy because you have to do it with someone for safety. Uh, and my friend Mike, who's, who's who'd swum across the channel and 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 got a fastest time with with three others one year, and um, he he entered it with me. I, I then decided I wanted to do it for charity. Was a main driver, so I let people know we were doing it for Mary's Meals and Mercy Corps. I in- introduced a friend of mine who's got a, a twice a triathlon and Ironman world champion. She oh, became okay. the ambassador. So what I did was I created a situation where whether I felt like it or not, I had to do it. Yeah. Um, as Andy McMenemy, who was an ultra marathon world record holder, told me he did 66 marathons, 66 consecutive days in 66 different UK cities. Wow. Um, you have to hang yourself by your tongue. If you tell lots of people, you feel the pressure that you've got to got to act. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then what I, I was faced then with these four disciplines. Um, one of the things that helped me to put power behind my intention was I spoke to a guy and had a lunch with a guy who came third one year in the event, I called James. James told me when I asked for a tip, he said this. He said, Chris, you've got nine months to go. If you consistently train several times a week and build it up between now and July, it's going to be the best day of your life. If you don't, it'll be the worst. <laughs> probably sound so that got me up. Sorry? Sound advice. I mean, I remember actually preparing for uh, my first adventure race. And I tell you what, it, you really do have to train for it. You really can't just wing it. It's it's not one of those things. I actually found it particularly difficult. Mind you, the one that I did, I think I told you about this because it was in the New Forest. It was quite windy. Not particularly. It wasn't. It was kind of on and off in terms of the rain, but because of the wind, it made the whole experience. 10 times harder yeah so that but you know what well, that's adventure racing for you <laughs> my, my, my scary bit the thing i was most scared of was obviously the swim i had to learn how to swim oh yeah and um, so i had nine months to do that by christmas i could do four lengths of crawl so i had to do a mile and the other thing that we did we went and visited so did a 
um, stayed over and we, we, we kayaked and we tried to swim in the lock in May. It was that cold that I just couldn't swim because I couldn't get my breath. So I then had the coldness to deal with as well. So between May and July, I had a cold shower uh, as long as I could stand every morning. Uh, and when it, when it came to the event itself and I managed to swim the lock um, with, with, with actually without any problem because it had been such a focus for me, I, when I got out, I couldn't feel my feet, but I didn't feel the cold. <laughs> so uh it's it, uh so i had to create against each of the different elements um a strategy to mean that I, I would be able to achieve each of those different disciplines by the fourth i think it was the fourth or fifth of july yeah um, so, so so that in business you know for me you, you know you need people to hold you to account um sometimes you've got to delegate responsibilities to other people um, where you can but there's all sorts of strategies that enable you to turn up the heat because motivation quite honestly isn't enough you've got to create you've got to create a discipline that means you will you will you will achieve what you need to achieve so you you've got to create you need um you know a to create strategies for you that mean you will act when those moments when you don't want to get out of bed or those moments when you hurt like i know you do after some physio today you've got to and you've, you've turned up today you know you've got you've got to create those strategies that mean that you will walk and not wobble. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) It's a good analogy. I like it. (laughs) It's really, really good. I want to go back to your and tap into your expertise in the whole kind of leadership field. Tell us more about it. Is it the star technique or the star methodology? Talk about 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 how that can be applied. Well, yeah. So what I, I wanted to do was it with with I, I feel very passionately that we need to improve the average quality of um, not only our leadership but, but, but our consciousness actually uh, across the globe. And what I'm, I'm do believe is that you know we need to develop ourselves such that we get a perspective of the bigger picture, uh, what the impact we really have is, because we we're at a point in the world at the moment where we're at a crossroads really. And it, and it could go either way. So I feel very passionately that leadership has to elevate and has to step up and, and actually also become more socially responsible as well and environmentally responsible. So to do that, we have to raise the quality of our thinking. So myself and a, a gentleman called uh, Gene Early. Gene, was, um, Gene launched NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, um, and he launched it across Europe and set up all the training centers. And he's a, he's a fascinating man. He's, he set up a very successful genomic research film firm. He was a, ran a university in Hawaii. He works as a partner with an organization globally called Leaders Quest. So we became friends. We met in, we met in, in, um, in Kenya, actually. Uh, I went on a Leaders Quest and we sat talking um, around a fire in a forest with a Maasai tribe, uh, looking up at the stars. And we started talking about what was really and truly important. And we started to talk about what, what is there for leadership, you know, beyond where we are right now. And it's, it spurned a, a bit of work. We call it the star model. We, we haven't, we haven't published it. We're not, um, when we're not necessarily trying to market it and make it a big thing. But what we do is we, we identified what are the key components to, to stepping up our leadership and, and, and the, the point, there's five points to a star, and the first point is about you. So knowing you, about being able to hold up a mirror, being able to continuously improve 
build your, you know, understand your purpose, your flow, start build, elevate your thinking. Um, the second point is about humility. It's about developing your humility such that you can connect with people that actually you're not, it's not about your own ego. It's not about, you know, I'll do this because I make the most money from it. It's about doing what's, what's, which is the next step is about doing what's right and seeking the truth in things. So at the moment, there's so much, um, there's so much information uh, and people are vying for our subconscious minds. You look at, look at US politics, you look at Brexit and how Brexit came about focusing on 3 million people who didn't, didn't vote, um, who were feeling disenfranchised. Um, you, you can easily have your mind hijacked today. So you've got to identify and try and work out what's true. You know, I, I have my vaccine um, on Saturday. There's a lot of people not going to have the vaccine, but actually, and there's, um, you know, there's some countries have put the AstraZeneca vaccine on hold. There's been 40 cases of blood clots, which apparently in the millions of people who've had a vaccine to date um, is fairly comparable what you, with what you'd expect anyway. So, you know, what is the truth? And I think what we've got to do is try and work out the truth. And then the, the fourth bit is elevating our wisdom and enabling us to draw on the wisdom from the past, enabling us to problem solve with great tools and methodologies and us be able to develop our visions moving forward. And the fifth one is around the execution of that, the getting into action, which kind of links into my book in, in some ways too. So. Very good. Love it. Very good. So I was going to say, I mean, you've been in, you've been in the world of consulting and, and advising entrepreneurs for many years. What would you say this year, as in 2021, what would you say this year is the main focus for you? What's important to you in terms of moving forward? Um, personally? Yeah. Personally, yeah. A, a component that's really important to me is... I, I've got. I've been very fortunate, like yourself, to have to build some amazing connections around the world, and I brought some of those people together into what I call uh, my Elevation Collective. And the Elevation Collective, the first one is is running, and the aim of it was really to help you know elevate the uh, the consciousness of uh, of of our leadership, but also help us together collectively having amazing minds together to go out and, and achieve and make a bigger, bigger contribution, a bigger positive ripple to solving the world's problems. So I created one of these as a, as a, as a sort of test bed. And I've been bowled over, just, just I've been so humbled and bowled over by the feedback of how much these people are loving this process and how much uh, they're getting out of it. So one of the things, um, I mean, I've got two areas I work. I help um, particularly financial insurance companies and brokers and financial services companies to develop their companies and, and build higher engagement, et cetera. The other area for me this year is about getting these elevation collectives moving and creating, you know, creating a community where people uh, are connecting with incredible people um, but are, are working on the world's problems. And ultimately, I'd love to see that then filter to making a, a you know, maybe even like part runs, you know, where actually it becomes a, a methodology that, uh, we, that we develop that more and more people can benefit from to get together and solve community problems. So that's where I feel very passionate at the moment. Interesting. It's kind of worth moving into the world of philanthropy. You know, that's kind of what it sounds like you're moving into, right? I, th I think there's there's definitely a philanthropic element to it, uh, absolutely. And I think you know that's, uh, that's you know for me that's important to be helping people with with whatever we do and, and making a positive contribu contribution to the world. It's not just about 
you know, we need to be spreading wealth. Uh, we need to be spreading knowledge and wisdom. So yeah, there's a phil- philanthropic element to it. And there's also a, I've got to obviously look after my family too while I'm doing it. Of course, absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. No, I yeah. absolutely agree. It's interesting because I know many people which have kind of transitioned into that and, you know, they come from a place of abundance and, and like you said, humility, which we need more of in this world, especially in this, in this day and age. And, you know, and if you look at the big leaders in the world, you know, there is, uh, I mean, there's many different examples from Nelson Mandela through to Nelson Mandela and, and, and kind of Mother Teresa, that's her name. You know, those mm. are perfect examples of, you know, people that have kind of moved into that transition and they don't do it. They don't think about money. They don't think about, they don't think about judgments and people's opinions. They don't care about any of that, but they've moved into that kind of transitional phase, which is really interesting. I find that quite fascinating i'm certainly not at that stage yet but i reckon as we become more wiser and uh create more wisdom and we want to have this i mean similar to similar to you i think uh i love to share knowledge and and things like that and i think it's important i in fact i just did a a session with a lady and she was uh and she 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 wanted some advice and and she was like Oh damn it! I wish I'd. Uh, I, I I wish I came across this before, you know, because she felt she felt that she she got it really honed down, and and I was like, oh, what well, the whole point of me is to throw a spanner in the works, and to really kind of look at it from the outside perspective rather than from your perspective. I, I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fantastic. It's really cool. Anyway, I was going to say, listen, it's great to have you on the show. Really enjoyed some of our conversations, guys. Was. Uh, I want to say to you, if you want to get in contact with Chris, please do so using the social media links below and also to listen into the Voice of America, Voice America show. And we can put that in the links, uh, the link, but links below. You can listen to the Business Elevation show that Chris is part of and listen to his, some of his wonderful interviews and whatever it is. So, Chris, just want to say thanks very much for being on the show today, buddy. You're very welcome. I'm really looking forward to joining me on my show as well, Adam. Absolutely. Very good. So make sure that, so now you've got no excuses guys for listening in into, into the business elevation show on voice America, because I'm going to be on it soon. So it's all good. I mean, what else you don't need, need need another reason so listen guys just want to say thanks very much if you enjoyed today's show and along with all the other shows as well please do me a favor give me a one or a five star review whichever you prefer if you're listening to it on apple you can do so if you're listening to this on android please go to podchaser p-o-d-c-h-e-s-e-r podchaser and you can leave a review on there as well thanks very much for everyone and we'll see you soon on the next game change experience take care See you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys. I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.